Hi again, and welcome to the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Love that intro, as always. Um, welcome again to the Stouting Off podcast. I am your host, Drew Stoutenberg, and I am joined live in studio by my producer, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Doing great, thank you. Love to hear that. While the intro was actually ripping just now, I was thinking, do you think if I had to, if if it was all on the line, do you think I could learn that riff on the bass guitar if I had, say, a week to do it? Yes. You think I could do that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can do you. it. I appreciate that vote of confidence. Um, actually, right before, unrelated to that, but I wanted to talk about this before I talk about the other things I want to talk about. Right before we started recording, I was on my friend's Instagram, and he put up an Instagram story of him like eating this unbelievable hot sauce. There's this unit of, of measurement that they can quantify spiciness with called Scoville. Scoville. S-C-O-V-I-L-L-E. And... Frank's red hot sauce, for example, is measured at like about 450 Scoville. And my friend Patrick was eating like this chicken sausage with this hot sauce on it that was 1.6 million Scoville. (laughs) How are you enjoying it? How are you enjoying it? Yeah, he posted like, it was on his Instagram story and like some stories after that, he was just like sweating and like starting to cough and stuff. And I'm just thinking like, (laughs) I don't see, I don't like... Spicy stuff when it's just hot for no reason. Like, I need flavor. That's why, for me, Frank's Red Hot Sauce is the thing. Because you get that kind of, like, spicy cayenne, you know, and it's tangy. It's got, like, vinegar and, like, you know, ketchup. And actually, I don't know the ingredient list, but it's all there. Like, the flavorful stuff that adds, like, that savory, spicy nature to your food. But also, it, like, has that that heat sensory factor to it, which is nice. I think Frank's, for me, Frank's is the quintessential hot sauce. It's like the complete hot sauce, you know? Yeah, it's good. What about sriracha? Sriracha's interesting. Um, I only, only on special occasions do I bust out the sriracha. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't know why it would be special <laughs> occasions, but I don't have it in the house and I only, I'll use it like sometimes if I maybe dine in at like Qdoba, for example. Yeah. You know, do you guys have hot sauce at your house? Yeah. What do you carry? Franks and Sriracha. There we go. (laughs) The household names. Told you. I went out to dinner recently. A nice dinner. And it was for a friend's birthday. Um, I think it was like his 30th birthday or something. Um, Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just like a 26 or 27. But it was, it seems like a milestone just because we've survived like four or five months of being in this weird pandemic state. But anyway, handful of us went out to eat. Met them at the restaurant. We were divided up into two tables of like four people each. Um, it was interesting though to be out and like dining again. It was so nice to be honest with you. And uh, you know everybody in the ma- restaurant had masks on and it was all responsible, responsibly done. But anyway, I haven't been out to eat in a while, especially at like a high-end restaurant. And I forgot about this. When you go out to eat, you place your drink orders when you sit down, maybe you put punch in an appetizer order when it's time to order the main course i forgot about this aspect before you order you have to listen to a three or four minute speech from the waiter about the the chef specials tonight and they're going to go into elaborate detail 
And then we just have this wonderful cream sauce that almost has a, a bit of a rosy blush to it. And I think you'll find it very, very challenging, but also very pleasurable as well. In that moment, it, like they're going into just like extreme detail, you know. <laughs> and I, when I'm at the table, I feel the obligation because, again, they're doing their job. They're doing work. And, you know, like I, I honor that in them. They're doing what they were asked to do. And so I don't want to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Don't care about it. So I'm like tuned in the whole time, like, and I'm like reacting again. I referenced this on a couple of podcast episodes ago when somebody shows you a video on YouTube on their phone, and they're watching you for reactions and you get tired of reacting. You know, that's how I feel when somebody's the waiter is telling me all the specials and it's going on for three minutes. It feels like a filibuster, you know, like in the U.S. Senate or something. They're just going on forever and you just have to be like, oh, oh, and the chef did that. Oh, you guys sourced that from Maine. Oh. You know, like you have to like respond, they have to react the whole time. Um, I forgot about that. But yeah, that's my least favorite part about like upscale dining, you know, like when they're <laughs> rattling off the specials and all the effort the chef went to. It's like, this is our, these are our specials. And then make sure you leave room. They put the, they plant the seed early. Make sure you leave, leave room for dessert later, right. you know. Because I'm going to come back for a four minute presentation on that yes. too. And of course, we've got the creme brulee, and we've got the uh, the the bread pudding, and of course, and you can never forget the lemon meringue. And they're just going <laughs> along in there, but they're talking about each of those things. Yeah. So, yeah, when I went to dinner recently, I was like, man, I missed being in the the restaurant environment. Didn't miss this though. <laughs> Didn't miss the speeches. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, you can't help but just look at the menu and be like. Mm, that sounds good. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's exactly it. Like if somebody describes something to me in that environment, in like the restaurant environment, when it comes to food, I would much rather read it. Visual person, you know? Sure. Yeah. That's why if for that same reason, if somebody gives me like a mental math problem, like, okay, so say Drew, you make this, you know, you, you make these many cookies and you have to give these many away and you're like, you're doing math. I don't know why I use cookies as an example, but you're doing math and you can't write it out. I struggle. Sure. Or if somebody says, okay, here's the spelling of my last name. <laughs> S-Z-Y, you know, like they start going into the spelling. I have a hard time picturing it until I can write it down. Again, visual. Yeah. So when here comes the waiter and he's going through the whole thing, I struggle. All I'm focusing on it's like when you meet somebody for the first time and all you're focusing on is not making that introduction awkward like we talked about in episode five. That's all I'm focusing on is making sure the waiter feels heard and sure. seen. Yeah. Hand me the specials menu. Just, move on. Just hand it to me. Let, let me review it at my leisure. You know? Right. And maybe I'll think about it for next time. But tonight, I already decided I'm getting the New York strip. And I'm not getting dessert because dessert's a waste of time. I uh, would rather have would rather have two or three cock would rather have three cocktails dinner and no dessert than two cocktails dinner dessert would rather just allocate that money toward cocktails you know what i'm saying yeah oh yeah usually they kind of like even out like 8 to 12 bucks for a dessert or 8 to 12 bucks for a cocktail yeah um this place was great though forgot what it was called but it was sweet and i liked it a lot um Recently went to a friend's house as well, and the friend left the room and was like, hey, can you just like pause this for a second? I'm like, sure. There are three remotes on the ottoman. I don't know which one to pick up. I just, you know, pick up the first one, 
and I'm like trying to pause it. It's not working. Pick up the next one, trying to pause it. I'm not, it's not working. Have you ever been in that situation where you are tasked with like operating the entertainment system at somebody else's home? <laughs> <laughs> Remotes are so unbelievably unique. You'd think when you look at a remote, you're like, oh yeah, I know where power is and I know where mute and channel up, channel down, pause, rewind, da, da, da. But no, it's not like that, man. When you go to somebody's house, usually they have multiple remotes and it's suddenly a different remote language. You don't know how to do anything. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. That was Again, I talk about these little things that come to mind and I just write it down. I'm like, yeah, I want to talk about that in the future. I felt that in that moment. Just like, man, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't, don't use that remote, yeah. obviously. Hey, moron, that's for our freaking Bluetooth whatever audio console. <laughs> Which actually, when you use that remote, though, you need to make sure these four things are on and then it will work. But it's easy. It you is. just started my car. Yeah, exactly. On, man. You just programmed all the colored bulbs in my house to magenta. <laughs> are you Are you stupid? <laughs> are you good? Um, yeah, so that's another thing. Again, just observations in life. I just want to share these things, but these are the things that go through my mind. Yeah, and that at that time, I was like, why don't you just make it simple? Like me, at my house, I have one remote for my one TV. Simple. It's the remote that came with the TV. The manufacturer made it. It's supposed. To, it's like supposed to be, and it's designed to be intuitive. But you go to somebody else's house, they might even have a universal remote thrown in there by some like yeah, some off-brand third-party electronics manufacturer out of China. You're like. You have to do it. I need an adult. I need an adult in the room, please. <laughs> I'm getting hot under the collar just thinking about this right now. Um, we've all been there. Have you ever been blocked by somebody on Instagram or any social media? Do you ever know if you've been the recipient of being of that blocking interaction? No. You know definitively you've never been blocked or you just don't, I don't think know. you have been? Okay. You don't think you have been though? Maybe. The only people that generally block you are people that you harass, <laughs> which I doubt you're out harassing people online, or like exes who just don't want to see you or hear from you or just know what you're up to, which I don't think that's the case either. Suppose it could be a possibility. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason I ask is I'm blocked by a small handful of people right now, and it's not because I harass people. It's just people that I've, you know, dated or been involved with at some point and voice cracked so i'm trust me i'm not gonna let that slide when i when my voice cracks i'm gonna call it out you guys don't have to all right i'm doing i'm actually helping you by acknowledging that so i'm blocked by somebody right now for example and i was thinking about this and i was explaining this to a friend and i was like yeah i mean i'm blocked on like i think i'm blocked even on gmail like i think my emails go to trash or junk or spam or whatever not directly to trash that would be funny uh but i'm like blocked on instagram facebook probably twitter deactivated my twitter though so i don't know um i was like i'm even blocked on venmo (laughs) (laughs) so like and he was like that's the most 2020 thing i've ever heard in my entire life and i was like yeah so like even if i wanted to just send this person a couple bucks just cause out of the kindness of my heart. Hey, go get a coffee on me today. Go get a little Kroger bouquet of flowers, you know, bouquet or bouquet. bouquet. I, don't I know. would say a, bouquet. Bouquet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's one of those words though when you drill down on it and really start thinking about it, it's like it never sounds normal even the right thing doesn't sound normal so but i'm blocked on venmo you know and yeah that's like the most 2020 like the most like millennial <laughs> crisis of all time you know like think about that say 10 years ago might be blocked on facebook they didn't have the technology back then to like block phone numbers i don't think but yeah fast forward 10 years can't even send this person money and that that's where we find ourselves now so that it's would, cool like, deter you from breaking up with somebody well if i break up with this person i gotta block them on instagram yeah, it's facebook work. venmo twitter it's work yeah <laughs> i actually just stayed with her because I, I was thinking about how problematic and how labor intensive that would be to block her on all the platforms so i just we just stayed dating and we're actually engaged now so that's cool um we got married just to avoid all that work <laughs> some people out there probably would do that honestly um but man not me when it starts to feel not right i'm willing to put in the work to do the blocking if i need to i don't block though i'm not a proactive blocker recipient of blocking though which is cool um Oh, yeah. We talked about this the other night. This concept. This is a term that I I believe I coined. I'm sure other people have thought about this term before or maybe talk about it in their own circles because it's kind of intuitive. But there's a term when you are, uh, at least in my my life and in my sphere of influence, we talk about text mystery. And when you are getting to know somebody, like a person that maybe you want to date or you're kind of interested in, you want to see their texting rhythm first. You want to see how they are, how they use emojis. Like if they know how to use emojis properly and if they, yeah, if they've got just that razzle dazzle with you where you can, you can text, you know what I'm saying, Jordan? Yeah. There are some people who are like, yeah, that I'm the type of texter who, you know, you'll text and you just won't hear back from for two or three days. For me, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. I need somebody with with whom I have text mystery, text chemistry. Okay, so we have to have mad chemistry in real life, but we also need text mystery. And not to say that, you know, not to say that I need to text throughout the day because as, as I get older and my time becomes more valuable to me and how I spend my time, I don't want to be on the phone all day. I don't want to just be like, you know, operating my life out like between texts you know, in a conversation with somebody, you know, that doesn't work for me, but you do for me, you kind of do need to, to be able to communicate in a, like a funny way. And, you know, a way that I can understand what you're saying. I can kind of get your tone over text. Is that, is that a realistic and reasonable kind of expectation? Yeah, it's fine. You You got, I mean, like, dude, Someone texts you and, you, okay, you don't want to be on your phone all day, all this stuff. Someone texts you. You're just going to text them back. Yeah. You're not going to be like, he texted me. I don't want to be on the phone right now, right? Like, you're just totally. going to respond right away. Yeah. I never or get... within minutes. Yeah, right. That, exactly. But either way, for me, yeah, it's on my mind. Like, if somebody texts me, dating aside, even if it's aside from, like, exp- you know, if I'm, if I'm, even if I'm not interested in a person to any extent other than just like platonic or friends, whatever, male or female, if they text me, I feel an obligation to text them back straight away, always. I will never leave somebody unread unless like I'm actually cheesed off at you and I'm trying to send a message to you by not responding. And then even so, I'm sending a message. <laughs> you see? <laughs> 
So I'm always going to send a message, whether it's a text message or it's the message that comes from that you have to put together in your own mind that comes from me not sending a message. So then you know there is a message. <laughs> that should be in like a fortune cookie. I should try to distill that down and put it in a fortune cookie. It sounds philo- philosophical. And philosophical. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. That's great. Um, noticed in the episode four, I said dude way too many times. Did you notice that? No. Cool. I, I, I'm glad to hear that. But going forward, if I say dude more than four or five times, I want you to gently, but still directly rebuke me and just be like, hey, listen, you got to stop saying dude. You just said dude six times. On the air? Yeah. Put me on blast. I ain't scared. I can handle it, I think. Um, But yeah, I want you to do that. All right. Can you do that? Yeah. I appreciate that. Went and saw the new um, Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. Didn't know what it was about. My friend texted me and he was like, hey, do you want to go with um, my housemate and I to go see the new Christopher Nolan movie? And I'm like, yeah, Christopher Nolan's awesome. I think he directed Transformers and The Dark Knight and some Batman stuff other than the, other than The Dark Knight. Jordan, can you just give me a couple Christopher Nolan films? Yeah. What do you got for me? Um, he's got this particular style. It's high action. It's high drama. It's cool. So I like Christopher Nolan. Even though I can only think of like two films that he's done. He's got Inception, The Dark Knight, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Dark Knight Rises, Memento, Batman Begins, The Prestige. I mean, this guy. Legend. Legend. We talked about John Williams many episodes ago in terms of film scores and stuff. This guy is, actually, I don't know if he's quite to the level of John Williams yet. But give him a career and, you know, he might have a Hall of Fame Directing give him, career. Give him a chance. Just give him a shot. Um, but hey, it's trending positively. Anyway, all that to say, I went and saw this new Christopher Nolan movie in 4DX at the local film, like the local cinema. Um, and so for those of you who don't know, 4DX is where I believe it's like four dim- four dimensional. So in other words, it's not just like, you know, 3D, whatever, but you also get some sensory visual and tactile senses as well (laughs) stimulated so there's like there's fog and your seat moves and there's if there's like a um a running scene your your chair kind of jostles a bit and if they step in a puddle your ankles get sprayed with water (laughs) you know it's like very immersive and i was like i've never been in one of these movies before i'm so pumped so i said yes i'll come with you absolutely thanks for the invite and I get there, and I'm like, let's go. I'm so pumped. And I hadn't seen a preview for the movie. I went in blind, which this is an approach This is an approach that I don't normally take. And yeah, but I went in blind. Knowing that this was like a highly anticipated film, I was like, there's no way it's going to like be shot. It's Christopher Nolan's directing it. Have you ever gone into a movie not knowing what it was about at all? When you're going to the movie I don't think theater. so. Okay. This was the first or second time for me. Like, it's not a normal thing. And so I'm going in blind. And then <laughs> the movie starts. And by the way, there were no previews for the movie either. Like, it it just immediately went into the... And the house lights were up for the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes. To the point where my buddy, like, got up and went and talked to the staff and was like, Can you bring down the house lights? Because the no movie's kidding. on. And our seats are... <laughs> 
jostling about, you know? So we're like, we don't know. Are these just like, did they really invest in like the seat technology for the previews? Or are we in the actual movie? And we pretty quickly realized, okay, it's the real movie, you know? So my buddy got up and was like, hey, can you turn the lights down? And they did. That's a sidebar. But anyway, I told you, it was my friend and his housemate and his housemate brought a friend and his housemate's friend sat directly next to me. To my right is my my guy. Love this dude. And to my left is a stranger that I don't know, but you know, somebody who I know, who he knows, vouched for him, so he's got to be decent. This dude talked to me about every single thing for the first 20 or 30 minutes, which in a Christopher Nolan movie, you got to dial in and know what they're talking about because it's usually not just like straightforward, just dumb action. Usually they have some complex dialogue and some stuff that you really got to zone in for. And this guy was just talking to me, just talking to my ear for the first 20 or 30 minutes. And again, it's a stranger and I always care. Like, I don't want to be rude. So I'm trying to be like, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny, but let's watch the movie and let's see that. And at the same time, that's, that's what's going on externally. But on the inside, I'm like, I'm picturing 10 different ways to just murder this man. Yeah. I was so cheesed off. Because again, 4DX, this is an $18 ticket just to get in the door, just to sit in the seat. I'm getting, I paid 18 bucks for this to happen. <laughs> yeah, so I was building this the, table this week. You get sprayed in the ankle with yes, water. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So you wouldn't believe it, dude. I haven't talked to this person in years and they just finally called me. I'm can we talk about this later? <laughs> yeah, and like also in those seats when like there was like a fight scene and like say somebody got like punched here like in the ribs or something, you got like a little jab in the back of the seat. It's really cool. That's insane. Yeah, it's really wild. I wish I would have gone my normal mode of operation, modus operandi, if you will. When I go see a movie, I usually go by myself. Even if I have friends who want to see it, I'm going to just go by myself. Because who cares about going to see a movie with people? You're not going to talk during it. Truly. True. You're going to talk on the way to and from it. But, for example, if it's like a local theater, only takes me five minutes to get there. In this instance, it took me eight minutes to get there. I don't need dialogue on the way there. I got Spotify. And I'll just listen to the Stouting Off podcast on the way there. No, I won't. But I'll listen to some music on the way there. Whatever. I don't care about the to and from. And I especially don't want any kind of chatter or distraction when I'm there. So really that experience when I went and saw Tenet really reinforced, like, I think just seeing movies by myself might be the play, you know, maybe one other person, but that person has to know, and we might even sign a contract going in. Hey, listen, (laughs) we hereby agree to the terms above listed that we will not speak or (laughs) utter or... or jab or any comments during the movie. We won't even look at look at each other. We won't acknowledge one another. We're just going to zone into the 4DX movie <laughs> while we're getting our ankles misted. So this is all going on. And this movie was actually really trippy. And I need to see it again. But here's what I want to tell you. <laughs> By minute, say 60, an hour in or so, I was so unbelievably lost as to what was going on that I'm like I'm pulling out my phone turning down the brightness all the way holding it right here because this is how you pull out your phone in a theater is it like really close to you so nobody behind you can see 
brightness down all the way. And I'm looking up runtime, Tenet film, Christopher Nolan, 2020. It's over two hours. And we're only like an hour and 10 minutes in at this point. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to see the rest of the movie because I don't know what's going on. My guy next to me robbed me of the foundational knowledge that I need to be entertained by this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> he did. He robbed me of that experience. I'm looking up the runtime. I'm like, there's still like at least an hour left. So I left. I left the movie. <laughs> I left. I left my buddy. But my buddy and his his two pals, they met me there. So it's not like we carpooled. I wasn't like screwing anybody over. But I left because I was like really hungry too. And I was like, A, I don't know what's going to happen. And I just need a hard reset. I'm just going to come see this again by myself. B, I'm starving, and I can't imagine going another hour without food. And so, did you say anything to the guys before you left? I said, "Yeah, just hold on a second. Excuse me." Oh, going, no kidding. Going down the row. Yeah, that was it. I didn't. Their expectation I, was you were going to come back. Yeah, Drew's going to come back for sure because that's a normal person thing to expect. Yeah. <laughs> when somebody gets up at a movie, they're going to come back. Ooh, there's another time. I got to tell you this story, a different story, and I'm going to tell that after I wrap this bit. But I'm starving. I'm leaving. And I go to the bathroom and I'm like, yep, I guess I am truly going to leave. But first, I stopped and grabbed a $10 tub of popcorn for the ride home. (laughs) Had them loaded up with butter. (laughs) Had them loaded up with butter and salt. And I'm just like driving home like this. Just, you know how you take a handful and you just, you force it down there. Um got popcorn on the way out of the movie theater yeah it's a good way again it's a it's a weird move and i don't think i've ever done that before because i generally don't buy concessions at all at the movie theater and if i do it's to watch the movie with (laughs) it's not to drive home with in the passenger seat literally with the seat belt buckle tucked like tucked around it (laughs) it was a big tub of popcorn i finished it the next day actually um because popcorn generally has like a two-day shelf life you know yeah like you can eat it the next day say yeah. you make popcorn at home orville redenbacher and you don't finish it all and you wake up the next morning you can pop those back and it's still like oh that's good still got some crunch acceptable yeah it's except i mean it's not ideal but anyway oh on the drive home was just shoveling it back but actually the the popcorn was just for my drive to taco bell and then home <laughs> so through the drive through i've just got popcorn in my own. <laughs> um well done well done so that's the second time i've left somebody at a movie before the first time the first time was this i was seeing the incredible hulk with my girlfriend at the time this was in 2000 and this was long ago long long ago this was probably 2010 probably 2009 10 seen the incredible hulk whenever that actually when was when did the incredible hulk come out because i'll tell you the exact year it was like it was when it was out in theaters 2008 2008 you were spot on it's 12 years ago yeah yeah so i went with my girlfriend at the time and i said this was during the summer of 2008 again i'm a young guy i have no responsibilities i stay up late every night and my friend who owns a roller skating rink lets us play at night 
from like 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Let's us play hockey out there. And we're doing this like three or four nights a week. So when we're, and that was that summer of 2008. So when we're going into the movie, I'm like, hey, listen, there's a chance that I might get a text to go play hockey. You're fine with just leaving and going, like going to the skating rink, right? <laughs> and watching me play hockey. You are? Okay, cool. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay, cool. All right, cool. Well, let's enjoy the film. Probably won't text me anyway. Here we go. We're in the movie. We're about 45 minutes in. I get the text. Guys, let's meet up in 30 minutes. We're playing. I got 10 guys tonight. And I'm like, sweet. I get the text in the movie. And I turn to her and I'm like, hey, I just got a text. Like, it's, yeah, we got to go. We got to, we're going to Skateland. We're going to go play hockey. I'm going to go play hockey. You're just going to come with me. <laughs> Again, it was a different time. I was a different me. I was a younger man. I was not aware of this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna, we got to go. And she's like, yeah, sure. I was like, no, like I, 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 I want to go. Like, let's go. He's like, yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah, totally. I was like, I'm going to go. She's like, yeah, I'm sure you are, buddy. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Probably thinking I was going to the bathroom or something or pulling her leg or something or not actually going to leave. So I, 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 we do that little back and forth like four times. And I'm like, oh, so you're fine. I'm going to leave. You can find a ride home or something. And she still must have thought I was joking, okay? Because I left. (laughs) (laughs) Because I left. And I get a a call just like pretty, pretty cheesed off when I'm like eight minutes gone, 10 minutes gone. Like, where are you? I was like, I told you I'm on the way to hockey. You know, we already discussed this in the movie. She's like, I didn't think you were actually going to leave. Like, and so, um, and so we broke up. So that was cool. Um, but that was when I was talking about the story about, uh, (laughs) going to see tenant and leaving my friends without telling them this person that I was telling you about where I actually left and we broke up, but I told her four to five times serious. I wasn't laughing or trying to be funny. I was like, I am leaving. I drove us here. I am leaving to go play hockey. <laughs> you are staying. You come with me. No? Okay, you stay here. You call parents. They pick you up. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> now do you understand? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. And then I got to the, the the rink where we were all skating around. They're like, you left her there? I was like, yeah, I told her a zillion million times. Like, we were going to leave. You told her before, too. Like, I there's a her, chance. That's what I'm saying. I front-loaded the whole conversation, the whole situation. I gave advanced warning. So even so, now at the age of 32, I'm still like, I mean, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have left her there. But I also gave ample warning. It was justified. It was, I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that's true. Yeah. Was Thank there any backlash with your friends the other night? Um, like, did he text and be like, where, where the heck did you go? No, actually, he text, I texted him. I was like, bro, I'm gone, by the way. I had, to, I had to go get some food, and I was so lost on the movie that I just, whatever. He's like, okay, cool. I just want to make sure it wasn't because my, my friend's friend. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Like, I felt like that guy was annoying the crap out of you. And I was like, yeah, he was. But it's fine. He's a nice guy. Now you can buy alcohol in the 
movie theaters. Excuse me. Now you can buy alcohol in movie theaters. This guy was like double fisting tall boys, like tall boy beers. Oh, man. This guy was on one. He was gone. So I'm not going to hold that against him. Like if I ever see him in a sober state and he's normal and stuff, I'm going to be like, yeah, I actually did like the guy. Like before the movie, I liked him. Yeah. We were, yeah. There was some give and take conversationally, and I, I really liked this guy. But then the movie started, and then he became number one on my public enemy list. Yeah. You, know you can't do that. You, you can, can, dude. You robbed. He that. robbed me. I'm. He might as well have robbed me of eighteen dollars, straight up. Thanks for this this bottle, by the way, Jordan. You're welcome. I always, honestly, though, dude, take away the movie theater, take away the eighteen dollars, take away the ticket price, take away all that stuff. If somebody is talking to me during a movie, during a TV show, during sure. anything that we are in, like intentionally watching, We're watching, yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. Furious. I'm mad. I'm livid. Again, hot under the collar. I'm getting yeah. mad. Steam is starting to come from my ears. Yeah. You know, you can kind of start to see that look in my eye. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, do you remember toy commercials, action figure commercials way back when we were kids? Oh, for sure. Do they still do that as a parent? You know, like you have kids around and you have kid programming on yeah. TV. Do they still have toy I've, commercials? I, I've noticed that it's just like uh, around Christmas time. Okay. Yeah. Man, I remember watching like whatever, Nickelodeon or different, I don't know. I don't even remember. ABC TV, the family channel. Um, and they would have toy commercials and they would kind of like stage it like like an actual like movie kind of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. And by the time that commercial ended, I would, I would be like, I... <laughs> I need that limited edition Ninja Turtle <laughs> Donatello action figure. Yeah. Like that's a non-negotiable for me at this point. Yeah. Man. I, I need that in order to persist living. Um, Yeah. I was watching this show on Netflix and I didn't get too far into it, but they were like going through the history of video games and stuff and they alluded to that. And I was like, man, now that's truly something I have, probably haven't thought about in 25 years. Toy commercials, action figure commercials, you know? Yeah. Brought to you by Mattel. Brought to you by yeah. the same pe- people who brought you the Ghostbusters cool like house thing where they live. And you know, um, and then you would that commercial would end and you'd just be like, Mom, I need that toy. <laughs> yeah, and Put back, it on your Christmas list, honey. Yeah, or my mom would come in the room and just be like, What toy? And just have action figure Ninja Turtles. You didn't have DVR back then, you couldn't rewind. I'd just be like, uh, just stand by. The next time it comes on, I'm going to just call for you. <laughs> and you can come in and you can see what toy I want. Man, the the feeling of opening a new toy would be awesome. Oh, oh yeah. So good. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, Do you remember in the early 2000s? There's another thing I thought about recently. In the early 2000s, for some reason, girls like sweatpants and pants in general had writing on the butt yeah do you remember that yeah it would say like <laughs> luscious <laughs> or like miami miami <laughs> airbrushed on there <laughs> yeah like why was that a normal thing for a while i was that's another thing i was thinking about and if i saw that in 2020 i'd be like ma'am are you okay are you good <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's so Thinking back on some of those things, 
sometimes I'll just be at a loss for words. I'll just be flabbergasted at the fact that at some point, even on like youth group trips, yeah, the girls would go and, you know, could be a mission trip <laughs> in in Jamaica. And when we have our beach day and they're the town, the, the vendors there, the girls are getting Jamaica shorts or pants that have Jamaica on the butt. It's just like, huh? Why? Why was that a thing? <laughs> it was so prevalent. It was so common. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Um, and then also around that same era, I remember around like sixth grade, eighth grade time ish. So that was, for me, and I'm showing my age here, which I already indicated was 32. In probably 2000 to 2002, one of the trends was like jeans, but with no back pockets. Girls would do this. Jeans with no back pockets on them. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember that. I remember noticing that and just being like, well, at the time it was normal. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, sick jeans. What was American Eagle? Limited too? Oh, this girl, she's got style. she got class and taste. No back pockets. No back pockets. Look it up. Just look it up a picture for yourself. Just for your own records. But (laughs) for your own records, he saves it. (laughs) I swear this is coming back. (laughs) (laughs) That's in your Pinterest folder of like early 2000s cool stuff. Um, yeah, that was like very common. I remember like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, like at those roller skating nights where on Friday nights we'd go to the roller skating rink where I happened to get my first kiss in sixth grade. It's no problem. But she probably was wearing pants with no pockets on them. Ashley Nelson, shout her out. Wonder how she's doing. Um, you see what I'm talking about now? now yeah, I do. Kind of see a frame of reference. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I went to Bed Bath and Beyond. And I got a new wok pan because I made uh, Penang curry. I made this Thai curry. You gonna sneeze, George? Oh, did you hold that back just now? Yeah. I I didn't I did not even need to address it, but I was just like amazed that you were able to silently sneeze. <laughs> For me, when I sneeze, everybody's gonna know about it. Not to, to sure. the point where it's a theatrical production. Yeah. But you're, you'll hear it. It's not gonna scare you, but you'll just hear it. It'll be just like. I heard a long time ago that if you're about to sneeze, you can plug your nose, and the sneeze goes away. Oh, true. That's if what you I stop. Did. If you stop inhaling through your nose, that's my rule. Okay. If I feel a sneeze coming on, I sneeze because my nose hairs get tickled, and if I stop the stimulation by just no air passage through there, hmm. I hold my nose. They're not getting tickled anymore. Sure. You see, um, and so I was talking about what was I talking about? Oh, your walk. Yeah, I got a new walk, which I didn't have a walk prior. So it wasn't like my new walk. It was my first walk. Pan. Cool Asian style pan, right? I think it's Asian influenced. Yeah. High edges. I I know you guys have your awesome one with the little side thing where you can put a little drying rack. Drying rack. Yeah. But anyway, I got a walk and I got a chef knife, like just a proper all around knife. Yeah. Because all my like, like, um, yeah, pans and knives and stuff not even silverware but like knives and utility utensil stuff uh is all hand-me-down stuff and like the knives are dull as crap so anyway i got a wok and i got a new chef knife and then i made penang curry this red red curry like thai dish it was unbelievable and it was uh, like i normally don't cook because i don't like cleaning up and i also don't like there's like a meme going around right now of like why uh, go to a Thai restaurant and spend $12 on curry when you could go 
to the grocery store and buy $42 for, you know, your own curry. You know, it was like, because <laughs> it's like that. You know, you buy a spice that you'll only use once every eight years. And like, it just costs money to buy stuff that's out of the ordinary for your natural cooking rhythm. And that is, curry is out of the normal realm. But I got some stuff for it and I put together this curry dinner and it was just unbelievable. Like, I think I want curry to be my signature dish going forward. Like, yeah, let me come over and I'll, like, I would really like to come over to y'all's house, Jordan, and yeah. cook you guys some curry. Yeah, I'm I think, down. Yeah. Um, it would be awesome. But anyway, when I was at Bed Bath & Beyond, while I was waiting in line, I was wearing some Nike Air Max sneakers that are kind of colorful. And an employee walked up, this dude who was pretty well put together, and you could tell he was like, he was sharp. Like, he was on it. He's like, dude, I love your shoes while I'm waiting in line. He's like, dude, I love your shoes. Just walking by. Love your shoes, Drew. <laughs> he didn't say that. In my mind, it became very personalized. He's like, man, I love your shoes. And I was like, oh, dude, thank you. He's like, yeah, no, dude, absolutely. Your shoes are sick. I was like, thank you, dude. So I'm like, cool. I love, this is great. Like, I feel encouraged and, you know, seen. And then as I get to the cashier, putting my two items up there, my knife and my walk. And she's like, I love your shirt. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> it's a shirt that a friend gave me. It's a custom t-shirt, like a, this dumb little inside joke. I'm like, thank you so much. She's like, yeah, absolutely. I walked out of that feeling like I was 50 pounds lighter than when I walked in. Just like, I feel encouraged and heartened and all of this. This is the best store ever. This is the best store. Again, I'm never shopping. Like I said with Bose earlier uh, on previous episode, like I'm not like they have a customer for life now. I'm not shopping anywhere else for my housewares. In fact, I feel like sometimes when I just need just maybe a pick-me-up now, I'm going to be like, should I just call like a a friend or a family? You know what? No. I'm going to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm going to let them (laughs) encourage me. (laughs) Go in there and just be like, all right, man. What do you got for me today? It's been a tough day. What do you got for me? He's like, well, what are you looking for? Bed sheets, towels, um, cooking? No, no, no. Like, do you have any words of encouragement you want to give me? Did you? Did you notice my shoes? Did you notice my sneakers? Come on. <laughs> oh, dude, actually, yeah, pretty nice sneakers. Thank you. And then I'm just like, all right, I feel better now. Can you <sighs> imagine? <laughs> See, I knew I came here for a reason. Oh, that's awesome. Um, last but not least. <laughs> I don't like to use the public restrooms, but when I do, and it's a situation in which I need to sit, I'm using the handicap stall. And that goes without saying. I'm always going to the handicap stall. And so thanks as always for listening um, to the Stouting Off podcast where we spout off commentary on the everyday. See you. It's easy. <laughs>